Or as I say in Indonesia, shalom. Wait, that's what the Christian churches say, shalom. The, the Muslims would say, assalamu alaikum, but I thought I'd give you the Christian version instead. It means peace to you, anyway. So my name is John Dorio, and I'm so glad to be back at Avalon. Um, it's an amazing journey that we've been on together because um, my wife and I, when we were first joining Pioneers, we had no children. We came on staff at Pioneers down on Narcusi Road, um, south of 417, and we got involved in a church plant called Avalon, Avalon Church. And we met in Lawton Childs Elementary School. I wondered how many people were there at, uh, at Lawton Childs. Anybody? There are a few hands going up. That's pretty amazing. And God is faithful from those days until now and what he has done. And maybe things go in and out and change. But God's word is spoken and challenged and people grow and learn about him. And um, I'm standing before you today. Um, it's been about four years probably since we were together, and um, yeah, an exciting chance that we can share uh, with you guys. So I wanted to start off just saying that I have a problem with authority. Does anyone else have a problem with authority? Well, I find that out because my three-year-old is a runner. When I tell him, stop, stop, Joshua, stop, he just keeps going the other way. And there's times he's about to hit the curb and about to go into the street, and there's a car coming. What do I do? I have a problem with authority. He is on his own. He thinks he's Mr. Independent, and he wants to do what he wants to do. And it's hard for a father because I'm supposed to be the one with the authority. And I'm supposed to be the one that's being able to tell him and input into his life what he can do and that that's dangerous, and so I have a talk with him. But I also realize that I have a problem with authority. Then I wondered, what is authority? And I think about my, my um, Muslim friends in Indonesia and think about what does authority mean? What is authority? And, and how do they understand, how do we all understand God's truth unless we don't have an understanding of what authority is and who our authority figure is? Um, I believe God is the ultimate authority because he has the power over, he has, the, he's the creator the one who sustains everything, the one who has, has the plan from the beginning. Um, authority, the power to the right to give orders, right? The, to, to make decisions, to enforce obedience. That's authority. Um, and one of the ways that I wanted to encourage all of us this morning is that you can speak to the lives of unbelievers by talking about the authority of Jesus. Did you know that? We don't have to be afraid to be Christians. We don't have to be afraid to be Jesus followers. We don't have to be afraid to speak of Jesus. And so I titled this message, Speaking of Jesus. It could be called Amazed by Jesus, something like that. And we sang a lot of songs about being amazed by him. Um, I found over the years in my dealings with people of the Muslim faith that they also believe in Jesus. He's just a great teacher. And he, he was revealed the writings from beforehand, and he was brought to the people of Israel to tell them that they're, doing, they're not following God's way and to bring them back. But they, they also believe that there is someone who came after who has the writings kind of supersede or, or, or kind of outdo the writings that were beforehand. But it also says in some of the writings that they should trust in the, in the writings that were given before. The Taurat, the Zabur, and the Injil. Those are the Torah, the writings of Moses, the Psalms, and the Injil is the Gospels. And so one of our challenges to, to people we meet is, have you ever read a copy of the Torah, of the Taurat? And they're like, no, no, I never have. And some, some object, some don't object. 
But what we have found, and I have found, is that the authority of Jesus is inspiring and is captivating and cannot go on, uh, they can't think about anything else. And so one of the, um, sometimes when we meet some new people, you saw in the video, if we get into a new area, we would speak things that come to our mind about Jesus. We would speak about, oh, I remember a time when Jesus did this. He broke the bread and, five, and fed 5,000 people. Okay, what does that mean, you know? And, and it might relate to us. One time I was on an airplane with a Muslim lady. She was sitting right next to me and it began to have some turbulence and she held onto her seat and was like, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. And I was like, and she was reading a little pamphlet of writings in Arabic. I said, do you understand what you're reading? I felt like the, you know, Peter right then. And um, she said, yes, I do. Uh, and, but then we, was able, we were able to talk a little bit about Jesus then when he was on the Sea of Galilee and the storm rose up. Came to my mind and spoke about the power that Jesus has and the authority that Jesus has. And so I wanted to just hit a, few quick, a couple quick Four quick, par- um, not parables, actually, miracles that Jesus did that demonstrated his authority. And his authority that shows he, the deity, the, that Jesus is God. Okay? And did you know that they're all packaged nicely, right, in Mark chapter 4 on, and chapter 5? And another interesting thing is that in, in Surah 3, um, 44 to 55, I think, uh, in, in the Quran... It speaks of Jesus' virgin birth, that he was announced by angels as a word from God who has come uh, to teach people to know the right and wrong. He was taught the, the scriptures from before. He was called the Kalimatullah, the word of God. And he was given the name Isa al-Masi, which is Jesus, the Messiah. And he created life, it says. He created a bird out of dust. And then he healed the sick. And he healed those who had leprosy. And he rose the dead to life again. And he is the judge on the end days, in the end time, in the, the final day. Who is this Jesus? What kind of authority does Jesus really have if we come to grips with it? And that's one thing I want to challenge you with, challenge myself with, challenge anyone with, that you can also bring up stories of Jesus and deal with his authority. And that that speaks. And, let, and just ask them to study who Jesus is with them. So first of all, Let's look at Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Miracles that demonstrate Jesus' divine authority. And of course, we've heard these before. Uh, on that day, I'm reading in the ESV version. I don't know if it's up on the screen or not. Probably not, but if you have your Bibles, please turn to it or your phones, what you have. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him Took with, took with them in the boat. He took them with him, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And this verse 41 is impacting to me. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is this Jesus character that the wind and the sea obey him? What way, in what way 
do you think Jesus' authority proves his deity from commanding the wind and the waves? He is the creator, the, the one who began everything, and he has the authority over that. And Jesus was demonstrating that here. If you bring that up, um, it makes people think, what do I need to do with Jesus? Where can I find out more about what Jesus did and taught? And then, what is God's plan from the creation of the world? The second miracle is the next chapter, chapter 5. And in chapter 5, Jesus comes to the other side of the sea after the storm, the country of the Gerasenes, it says. And when Jesus stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs. Where am I? He was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus, he ran and fell before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For Jesus was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd, numbering 2,000, and they rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. And from there, I'll, I'll pause there for a minute and jump ahead, but then others from the village came, and they were frightened about what Jesus had done. And some were upset because their, their living was gone. But it says in verse 19, oh, just before, that Legion, who had been, re, had been healed, he asked Jesus, can I come with you? And what did Jesus say? Go back to your family. Not this time. That's a good idea. But go back to your family and tell them everything that Jesus has done for you. And he did. It says in verse 20, he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled or was amazed. So through Legion, 10 cities heard the good news of Jesus and his authority and his power. He has the power over nature. Jesus has the power over evil spirits. You keep reading verse 21 of chapter 5 in Mark. Jesus, healed, uh, Jesus is in a crowd. And one ruler of the synagogue named Jairus comes up to him. And seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her so she may be made well again. And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him. But then we have this little interruption. There was a lady that, that is in the middle of the crowd. And this is the third one. Jesus has divine authority over sickness and health. The woman had a discharge of blood for 12 years and had suffered under many physicians. She had spent all she had, in fact, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus, verse 27, and came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone from him, turned and said, Who touched me? Who touched my garments? 
His disciples said, you see the crowd pressing around you and you say, who touched me? He looked around and saw who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened, came in fear and trembling and fell before him and told the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. The question is, why are demons so afraid of Jesus, as in Legion's case? They, he, Jesus has the authority over evil spirits. They had, to, they had to ask him permission. He gave them permission to go. In this case, sickness. What made the woman reach out to Jesus? She knew he was more than just a man. She knew he was more than just a good prophet, one of their Pharisees, one of the everyday teachers. But he had authority to heal and authority to, get, to, to, um, to, to forgive sins. And then we get back to the story, the fourth one, that Jesus has also the authority over death, over death. While he was still speaking and talking with this lady and, and a bunch of other people, some came from the ruler's house, verse 35 of chapter 5, some who said, your daughter is dead, Jairus. Why trouble the teacher any further? And overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, don't fear, only believe. And he, followed no one, he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing. And when he entered, he said, why are you making commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. They laughed at him, but he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said, Talitha kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. He strictly charged them no one should know of this and told them to give her something to eat. Who is it that has the ultimate power over death and the grave? God does. So who is this Jesus that's also healing and, giving, and, and having, demonstrating power over death and the grave? And in these four short miracles, we see a lot of things attributed to Jesus. And we can use it as a bridge to people of, the, of Muslim faith that Jesus, who is this Jesus? What caused, how, how does it, when he has control over the wind and the waves, how does that show his, his divine power? Why are demons afraid of him? Why, what made the woman reach out to him? And then who is it that has the ultimate power over death? Um, and we have gone into some of the villages, some of the neighborhoods that have many people who've never heard of, they've heard of Jesus, but they've never studied or, or listened to his words. And we've began with short chronological stories, like a, a story from, from creation through the prophets to Jesus about, about sacrifice. And I wanted to show you a few pictures from Indonesia, and we like to say that there is a renaissance sort of happening because believers are being challenged to discover God's word, to discover him in his word. I didn't turn it on. But also, uh, people who have never seen or, or interacted with Jesus before are, are studying his word. Indonesia is about 250 million people and about 85% Muslim, but... That means that it's the fourth, fourth most populated country in all of the world, but it's the number one Muslim country in the world by population. Um, so there is a great need, and, and uh, this is too, too hard to understand. But my family and I have been there since 2003, 
after being sent from Indonesia or from the uh, United States, but we've moved to this uh, Papua in 2007 and have been there since. Uh, we mobilize and equip disciple makers is one of our strategies to equip the local church to see God in his word, to apply his word, to use what they've been given. Many Wycliffe Bible translators are in the area. How do you use that word to apply it and live it and, re- and, and share it with others? Then we go and we find neighborhoods that have lost people or, or in the marketplace or wherever, and we interact with them and talk about Jesus and his amazing power and try to invite them to interact with Jesus from his word if they're willing to accept that and begin a small group that will study faithfully through his word. Um, many of the Muslim peoples are fishermen. Fishermen that just eke out a living, mending nets, and I felt like it was just throwback to the disciples' era, um, sitting with them as they mended their nets and just eked out a meager living. Um, but God brought us in touch with Mr. Love, as you may have noticed in the video, where he was broken and, and, and used his earnings to, to drink and to smoke and, and many other things, including he threw all of his, home, his, uh, his household equipment into the ocean. He was married, and he got an, he, his wife asked him where his earnings were, and he would beat her and say, Why do you have, what do you have to ask me that for? Um, but he was sitting there all broken in his home when we, the Lord brought us in touch with him. And he was eager to hear some stories we had on our cell phone that were sent to us by email, an MP3 form, and audio scriptures from creation that a Wycliffe person was translating in another island. We knew it was his heart language, and we began playing it with, for them. And men huddled around and listened to our phones on, under a tree overlooking the ocean. And even the even some of the religious leaders came and said, these are stories we don't have in our language. We need these stories. Um, we didn't have enough of those stories to keep going in their heart language, but we supplemented with Bahasa Indonesia, which I know. And so we told a series of chronological stories from creation about sacrifice and Adam and, and Noah and on down to David and, and Isaiah predicting and, and talking about a suffering servant who would come and a righteous king that, that would... Uh, be a servant. And some of them even grasped at that point that perhaps this Messiah, this suffering servant had already come and his spirit was living in us. And then we hit Luke chapter 2 and, and the Christmas story and Jesus came and then what Jesus' miracles like this demonstrate his power. And in Luke, you see how he's very human and goes into people's homes and demonstrates love. Who is this Jesus? What authority does he have? And, and people fell in love with Jesus. And are Jesus followers from a Muslim background because of God's word is powerful. And so God's word needs to get out. Needs to get out. But don't be afraid to speak of Jesus, okay? Even in Avalon Park, we're from all kinds of different backgrounds and all kinds of different beliefs. But I think you can still speak of Jesus and his authority. Maybe not hit them over the head with it, but invite them to discover who he is from his word. Be amazed by Jesus. So what's our response to be? Well, this, this, one of the guys that, that has been transformed definitely went back like Legion did to his mother and father on another island and called them up and apologized for all his wrong actions. And then he even shared them with his parents' stories 
uh, that we had shared with him. The gospel is spreading from just this one island across islands because God is transforming lives. Um, this is a picture of our family with one of the believers now. But love transforms. So what can we do, though? Um, we can be in awe of Jesus and his wisdom. I, I believe you have to know the gospels inside and out. If you want to speak of Jesus, you need to know Jesus. Okay, Know Jesus. Speak of, we speak of what we know. If you know Jesus, you will speak Jesus. Not just of Jesus or what somebody said about Jesus. I think I want to be speaking of Jesus. We must model ourselves after Christ, pursuing relationships, compassion, sometimes even reckless endangerment, self-endangerment as a sacrifice to him. Practice acting like Jesus in Avalon Park, in Orlando, in the United States, with Im immigrants, with, with locals, even across the world. So how might we do that? Well, Deuteronomy 6, 4, I don't know if you can read it, but it says, let's see, I'll go to it. Um, it says, these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. Talk about these things that you have learned, not just to, maybe to your own physical children, but also to your spiritual children. So a couple points maybe that you can apply today as you speak of Jesus. Maybe lead with listening. If you're, in, if you're engaging with people of different cultures, lead with listening. Learn about their culture. Listen to them talk about holidays or about their faith or what, they, you know, what they're struggling with. You can even ask, do Christians you know live and act like Jesus? Do Christians you know live and act like Jesus? I've gotten the answer no, and I've had to kind of change my terminology to say, well, I'm, I may not be, can I even say I'm not, I may not be a Christian? <laughs> it's weird, but I am a follower of Jesus and his teachings from from the Injil, from the Word of God. Or sometimes they don't know what a Christian is. A Christian may be a follower, a, a person that believes that God is God, the Father, the Son, and Mary. You know, that's the Trinity. You know, and you're like, wait, I don't believe in three gods. That's not me either. So I'm a Jesus follower and point to him. Maybe we could say that, I, hey, look, we're me and some friends are studying, meeting to learn, and we're, trying to, we're starting to discuss Jesus and his teachings. We just want to learn. We want to grow, to grow to love each other, love God more, and love our neighborhood. Let's, can we study together? Invite them to study. Say we're people trying to follow Jesus. So my big picture is that when we come to grips with Jesus' authority, it leaves us amazed by him. It pushes us closer into relationship with God through obedience and puts us into a position where we can't help speak of him. We can't help speak of him. When we come to grips with Jesus' authority, it leaves us amazed by him, pushes us into a closer relationship with him through obedience, and puts us in a position where we can't help speaking of him. So let's speak of Jesus today and everywhere as you go out today and be amazed by what he's done. His authority is incredible. Thank you. Let's pray. Jesus, you are amazing, and we are humbled by your power that you have the power over nature. You have the power over spirits. You control everything. We thank you that you have the power over sickness and death, and we can trust you over, for anything in our lives that we need. I pray that we would know you so well, Jesus, that you would be a part of us, that we would grow to know you more and more each day, and that we would 
be reminded of you and your words as we walk around these streets and where we work and where we live, that we would speak of you, Jesus. Amen.